In today's episode, I speak about such a common fear, the fear of not being able to deliver. Hello and welcome to the Successful, Sensitive and Intuitive Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Lydia Sophia Wilmsen and I am an intuitive success mentor for sensitive entrepreneurs. In this podcast, I speak about the challenges sensitive and intuitive entrepreneurs face. I offer you new perspectives and solutions, as well as experiences of other entrepreneurs. Plus, I speak about my personal experience of being a highly sensitive person who has successfully built and scaled two businesses. All of that with the goal to make you and your business even more successful in your very unique and authentic way. Have fun and enjoy. This actually happens anywhere in life, that people fear they are not enough, they don't give enough, they can't satisfy another person. And as usual today, I will focus on business. First, I will speak about the issue itself. And then I obviously have some ideas for you how to let go of this fear to not deliver what you can do and shift in yourself and with others so that this is plainly no issue anymore. How can this fear show up? What is this fear? I made this podcast episode for you because it recently happened with one of my clients. She kept herself in the place she was, not wanting actually to sign up people or she didn't want people to sign up with her out of the fear that she would not be able to deliver. She's a coach and she had this fear, my goodness, like if they sign up, actually I won't be able to deliver. So better no one signs up. Obviously, that didn't happen consciously. We discovered that when we dived a little bit deeper into her mind. The fear of not delivering as a mix of imposter syndrome like I am going to be found out and I'm not good enough, as well as perfectionism, I will never achieve those high expectations others have of myself, aka I have of myself. So of course, no wonder that she didn't sell anything or not as much as she wanted. Sometimes really the reason why you don't sign new clients and new customers is your underlying fear of not delivering enough value. And unconsciously, you keep yourself from signing those clients in order, in order to not be ashamed or feeling guilty afterwards. And this is also a big reason that people undercharge for their offers, by the way, for their offers and services. The pain of not having money, the pain of not bringing in money or not enough, of not living the life you desire is smaller that pain is smaller than the shame and guilt you fear you have to experience or you fear you have to face when your clients are not happy with what you deliver. By the way, this happens mostly in your mind and basically never in reality. I never heard from unhappy clients of my clients or myself. Really, this has not been an issue or at least not one which could be solved. So it is a worry, a fear in your own mind a worst-case scenario you entertain with seldomly proof in your physical reality. And that even happens to people with amazing testimonials. So actually their reality shows the opposite and they still make up all those scenarios of failing um, and of not being able to deliver. Check in with yourself now. 
perhaps remember when you had a strain of less sales and problems to make the money you desired, or perhaps you undercharged chronically. Have you ever had this fear of being found out, so-called imposter syndrome, and of not giving enough value for the money you charge, or for charging at all, for not delivering what your customers want? Especially with kind of spiritual and sensitive entrepreneurs. Some of them, they basically, they don't want to charge any money because even one euro in their mind is too much for what they deliver. They have Like they have this strange sensation, they actually have to pay someone else for, for taking on their services. It is really deeply rooted with some people and it comes back to self-worth. If you can't value yourself, if you can't value your time, if you can't value what you have achieved, what you have learned, of course, you don't want anyone to pay you to work with you or to, to buy your services. Because inherently, inherently, you don't believe in it yourself. So how could you be convinced that someone else believes in it and that you're not basically screwing them when they buy your stuff? I guess it's a yes. I guess you have had that experience. It most definitely has been a yes for me. And I sometimes still stumble about it when I change my offers and pricings, for example, when I increase my pricings. And for sure, it is a running threat in my clients. You can also go back and listen to my episode on increasing your prices. I do speak quite a lot about undercharging there. And there are many more ideas on how much to charge, what to charge, and how to actually feel good with it. I don't want to go deeper into the why, You know that it is mostly rooted in limiting stories you tell yourself about yourself, about or in self-doubt, missing confidence, not feeling enough, all that stuff, usually rooted in your childhood being or even being handed down from generations before to you. It might even be a belief you picked up as your own from someone else. Yes, that really happens. Especially if you're highly sensitive, if, especially if you're an empath, you take on the emotions and feelings of other people and you think it's your own. So if someone else is really not happy about their services, if someone else really has a big issue with that, that can impact you without you knowing, without you realizing. So actually you would be happy with what you have and you would believe in that you can deliver and that your service, your product has massive value. However, the fear and the limiting stories and the, the emotions attached to that in other people, you basically can take them on and think they are your own. You basically took on the energy of someone else. And that's quite easily to solve because you basically just have to get rid of that root cause and not solve complex, more complex issues in yourself. Now, next one, next part of this episode is about how to actually solve this because I don't want, want to leave you hanging in there with those limiting thoughts and no way out. I have three ways for you today. The first one I briefly touched, um, touched on, do some work around the main limiting beliefs. Might it be a hypnosis session? Might it be EMDR, timeline therapy, body therapy, whatever is your choice? Work on your self-worth. That is key and it will be part of your journey until you die. You know, this is not that you do it once and then 
all is good. This shows up again and again. I usually um, explain that to my clients in a form of a spiral. It is not that you go in circles and you end up at the same thing again. You basically develop in a kind of like a spiral form. So you end up at the same issue, however, on another level, from a different perspective. So you might have some main stories in your life, some main things to deal with, different to other people. And they are basically your life stories. You will come across them again and again. So if your main issue is self-worth, you will be able to deal with that in many different forms. It will show up in different areas of your life, on different levels. So it's not that you have dealt with it, with it once and then it's done. No, you will come across that issue again and again. But always with the knowledge and what with what you have learned before. So it's not that you start at zero. Just imagine a spiral. And if something else is um, your issue, for example, relationships, like connecting with people, you basically have an issue with that. Then this will come into your life again and again with different people, with different scenarios. It's nothing to be afraid of at all. It's actually beautiful. This is human development. That This is personal growth. So do the internal work, work on your limiting beliefs, work on your self-worth, all of that. This is a starting point. However, listen to the next points as well. As those beliefs usually are complex, and have been integrated in your whole being. So when you do work on limiting beliefs, it can be very specific. But the whole thing with you and um, having like low self-worth or having this feeling of I can't or I can't deliver can be that it's more complex than just one limiting belief. Therefore, I usually like to tackle them on a more holistic level and coming from different angles. The second way is on the rational and logical level. Yes, this can be super, super useful. Being a thinker myself, I do use the power of my conscious mind in deconstructing the stories I tell myself. We have a mind for a reason, so better use it. Especially if you're a thinker and sensitive people, highly sensitive people often are, because we have to process more we have less filters or the filters work in a, in a lesser way, so to say. So we have more sensations coming to, coming to us. Therefore, we have more sensory input to process. And that means we are more active when it comes to thinking. We have to, we have to handle more, so to say. And we can put this to use. You know, for a long time, um, I had this feeling, ah, oh, I was uh, like overthinking, too rational. And this is bullshit. This is a gift, so use it. Okay, back to the stories you tell yourself. I check for myself what my payoff is to keep believing that limit limiting story of myself and what I would lose if I let it go. There is a reason why you are where you are. As I said before, the pain of where you are is smaller than the pain you fear you have to suffer when you go or when you create a different scenario. So you have to check what is that payoff. And then I write a new story so that the payoff for the positive belief, for example, I deliver tremendous value and my clients love me for that, pays off more 
than the old belief of not being enough. I basically shift the scales. And for example, I have my clients go through the worst case scenarios and identify the bullshit they told themselves. I really let them entertain, not always, in some cases, I really, really let them entertain the story and play it out. And in the end, they actually have to laugh because it is really senseless what they created for themselves. You know, there are women who are highly and highly dotated with different diplomas and PhDs, and they are thinking they are stupid. Or there are people, there are clients who have moved countries and they feel they are little children who can't do anything by themselves. You know, those are the story people tell themselves. Or having overcome horrendous trauma, thinking they are not equipped to help people who have faced some minor issues in life. I really have them go deep into their massive accomplishments. And they will have to make the decision which stories they want to entertain from then on. We bring it from the shadow into the open, into the light, and then they can actually decide, okay, I have so many diplomas. I have so many feedback from people or so much feedback, feedback from people. I continuously had amazing grades in school. So the luck factor doesn't work anymore. If you have any idea about statistics, This can't work out anymore. This can't be luck. And now, you know, looking at that, looking at the worst case scenario, looking at the horrible story I told myself or they told themselves, they can decide and they have to decide. Do I now, am I willing to decide to entertain the positive story? So which story do they want to entertain from then on? The one of the dumb, naive, ugly, unemotional, crazy unable kid or freak, or the one with massive achievements, high emotional intelligence, extreme knowledge, high mental intelligence. I actually had one client where it took us quite some time to shift her from feeling stupid and mentally deficient into seeing her high intelligence on all levels. Once you start owning your brilliance, the one deep down inside you know you have, my dear, your fear of not being able to deliver will diminish and vanish fully at some point. It's a process though. And last but not least, the third way. I love this one. It is manage expectations. This is such a powerful way to deal with this fear. Because you can keep those thoughts and you basically bring it back to the people. You bring it back to the clients and manage their expectations beforehand. Not after basically the, the problem has occurred. Beforehand. All thoughts that come up, you will be able to address and manage. And I have some examples for you now. And you can go through your own thoughts, your own beliefs, write them out and find a phrase how to manage them. In you, obviously, in your own, because this will create safety for you, a feeling of security, and in your clients and customers. This creates amazing boundaries. And boundaries are great, especially in a relationship with clients and customers. And yeah, I do have some examples for you and I could go on for ages. However, I give you like six or seven. If your fear is, what if I, like if you're a coach or someone who, um, who provides a service and you have the fear 
of what if I don't know an answer to their question? What if they ask me a question, I'm sitting there, I have no clue what to say. You can manage that beforehand. You can say, it might happen that I don't have an instant answer for you. It might take me to go back, think a day about that issue and come back with answers and ideas the next day. So you don't have to fear anything more anymore because you told them beforehand. You told them, I don't have all the answers and it might take me a day to get back to you. All good. Everyone understands that. And it could even be if you're more in a coaching relationship and you have this fear, oh my goodness, they have an issue and I have no idea what to say. You could even manage that beforehand in saying, I'm not there to always give you answers because you have to find the answer in yourself. I will be your guide in finding those answers in yourself. So it might be that you're describing your issues to me and I'm sitting there not saying anything because it is not my job to give you answers. I, this actually happened, happened with another client of mine. She had a client herself who brought up this thing, who brought up this, like, I expect you to, to bring me, to tell me what is wrong with me and solve that. And you can manage that, that easily beforehand and telling you, my job is not to solve your issues for you because I can't. You have to solve your issues. We can work together in finding what they are. And this might take whatever time you need. It is not up to me to decide once you're ready. You give it back to them. It's not your job. And you can manage that expectation beforehand. Another one might be, what if I sound stupid? My goodness, I keep telling my clients that a lot of the stuff I tell them is kind of blah, blah, is kind of like words. Because it is not important that every sentence you say is like the perfect sentence. Because the client so or so will only hear what he or she is able to hear at that moment. I could deliver like the most amazing TEDx talk where every sentence is spot on. And they would pick up on one sentence which resonates with them then and there. And the rest would be kind of blah, blah for them, even though every sentence is 100%. This is how you craft a TEDx talk, by the way. Mm. So I tell them, it might be that I talk a lot. This is my way of doing things. There are people who do it totally different. And I create an atmosphere through being there with you through talking, like through, how did I explain that to, to a client? Through laying out a sound, something like a sound um, blanket or something, you know? Um, and I also say, I make mistakes. I can like, I manage that as well as, as an expectation. I may, I'm a human being. I make mistakes. I don't know all the answers. So if something I say sounds stupid, I might, I might come back later and say, actually, I see this differently, differently now. I thought about it again. I have changed my mind. Let's look at this another way. Okay, another fear. What if I can't help them through an issue and it stays? You can manage that expectation. At the right moment, this will be solved for you. 
It might be in our working relationship together over the next three months or the next five months, whatever, like well, one week, whatever you work with your clients on and in which duration. And it might be that we lay out the foundation, we do the foundational work, and you will be equipped to deal with that issue once you're ready. It's not my mind to decide. This is your soul, this is your body, And there are reasons why sometimes things are not solved in that moment, because you're not ready yet. Your body, your mind, your soul couldn't handle it. This was, for example, when I worked through my, my cult story. You know, it took me like over 30 years to finally go there. Before that, I was fine. I thought like, oh, okay, this is not such an issue. And it took me all that work before, like the layers of an onion to peel it away and away and away until I was ready to face it. And you just let your clients know. Manage their expectations. What they can expect and what not. And then it's all good. And with that, they understand it. You know, with those explanations, they have something to go on. It's actually very helpful for them. And you are guiding them through that, through setting expectations. You're guiding them. You are being their frame. And this is what they pay you for. Or another one, if your client says, I don't make sales, this doesn't work, if you're in, in business or like business coaching or something. Again, as I said before, it can happen now, it can happen later. It might be that something else needs to be solved before. And if we don't tackle that thing, which is going on right now. You making massive amounts of money now would actually be detrimental now because we know money is a magnifying glass. So if you have so much unresolved trauma and you know you will magnify those emotions with the money. Money doesn't solve your problems. You can explain that to your client. And it's also not up to me as your coach to make you sales. This is you. You know, give it back to them. What is my responsibility? What is your responsibility? You do the work. I tell you what you can do, what you can shift, and we work through things together. You do the work. I have that in my contracts, by the way. I have very clearly, like I very clearly manage expectations in the contract my clients sign. Or for example, if you are in the love coaching industry and your client says, I still don't have a boyfriend despite doing the love coaching with you. Yeah. The coach is not like everyone can have a boyfriend or girl girlfriend in a second. Just go to the go into the street, you know, but manage the expectation and say, actually, do you want just a random person on the street? I can get you a boyfriend in two days. Or do you actually want a high level relationship? And that takes the work on your side. So are you willing to do that? And with that, 100% be ready to let that person into your life or not. Manage their freaking expectation. Or if they say, I want my money back, I manage that expectation beforehand because I have something in the contract where I say, I'm not a done for you. Like my work is not a done for you solution. You have to do the work. You agree to make payment and you can decide now if you're not willing to do that, then we won't work together. It's fine. It is totally fine. You can go somewhere else. And of course, sometimes there are situations if the person Like whatever happens, like all the whole family dies or whatever, you can always discuss that. However, the basis of the work with me is that people pay me. If they decide to get out of the contract after two sessions, that is their decision. And also that keeps 
base keeps a relationship going because if you're a coach, if you're in a coaching relationship with someone, you will face resistance. Like one of my clients just faced. You will face resistance. And if you can get out because you don't have to pay the next uh, hour or something, this can be detrimental because you stop before you have gone through resistance and stepped into the next level, basically. Another one. You, you see, I love them. <laughs> something like, you're a dumb shit ass. I hate you. And shut the fuck up. If your clients tell you something like that, you should check again with what kind of clients you work. Like if someone is in your face with so such like words... Like you have to manage the expectation beforehand. I respect you and I expect your respect. Vice versa. Can we agree on that? Whatever happens, whatever emotions show up in you, that we both mutually respect each other and use respective, use respectful language. That's it. And other than that, you have to work on your client avatar if you keep attracting people like that. And I also tell my clients, tell me anything that doesn't sit well with you early on. I invite feedback. I ask my clients if there is something they want differently. Um, and it's not that I give that to them always. However, I'm in, I'm speaking with them. I'm in com communication constantly. And as I said, I have them sign a contract where they agree to me calling them out. A coaching relationship is not easy-peasy friendship. It's my job to put my finger into your wound. I let you face that what you're most resistant to, obviously in my way and not full-on always. And this is why you pay me five figures, you know? So I have my clients sign that. If they are not okay with that, if they want someone patting their back all the time, I'm not the person for them. The last thing, they won't like what I do. Again, there, you can manage that beforehand. It's not about liking it. It is good that you will be called out of your comfort zone. Again, this is why you pay me. Okay, you see, those are actually fun. They are actually fun doing them. Write all of them done, down. Write all your fears down and then find a way to manage the expectations. I could keep going for hours. Like if you have a specific one you can't find an answer to, send me a message and I will see what I can do or if I create another podcast around that. So really check in with your so-called sub-fears. The, the bigger fear is to not deliver, to not being able to deliver. And what does this fear consist of? Create boundaries with your customers and clients. Tell them what to expect and what not. And then you're safe. You can do that in between as well. When your intuition tells you that something is off, check in with them, ask them, manage their expectations again and again. There is nothing that can't be addressed. And I don't know, I have a last one for you. Um, I thought about something that perhaps might be shameful, especially if you work as a coach or in a coaching relationship. Where there's kind of like service um, coming with it where you have to communicate with that person. And I... This happened to me like a long time ago. A client fell in love with me, or not in love, but kind of in love with me. You know? You know, if this is a fear, like, or it would be shameful for you. Like, what if you, my client falls in love with me? What do I do? Gosh, it's super uncomfortable. How do I manage that? Um, there again, first work on yourself, own your full, pleasurable, and beautiful being. You don't have to hide anything. And then even that can be addressed. If feelings show up, 
know that they can happen because of the intimate space you are creating. A space for the other person to let go of control. It might be that you talk about that with your client. It does not actually mean that the person is in love with you personally. That person is just feeling safe and creates a bond. And you can even use that in your work. It is a term in psychology, transference and countertransference. I won't go deeper into that. I just want to show you even that can be addressed. Bring all those things into the open. This will help your clients tremendously. Because what is going on in you will be going on in a kind of way in them. If you have a feeling there is something, this is something which will resonate with them. So bring it into the open, address it, speak about it, manage the expectation. And you can let go of this fear of not being able to deliver because you're safe. You have spoken about everything. If something new comes up, you can address it then and there. All good. So this was my episode on the question of how to let go of the fear of not being able to deliver. First, I gave you a little overview with what it is, where it comes from. And then I basically went into the three ways how to deal with it, how to solve that. The first one, doing the internal work, working with the li limiting beliefs, working on your self-worth. The second one, changing the story consciously engage, engaging in a new story, not in the worst case scenario any, anymore, but in a new, basically best case scenario, because you decide from what level you want to live, you know. And last but not least, manage expectations, create boundaries, create a safe space for yourself and your client. Did you like this podcast episode? Then I would be super grateful if you gave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And please subscribe to the podcast and share it with people who you know can benefit from it. You can find all links to my social media profiles, my website and contact form in the show notes. And whenever you are done playing on your current level and you're ready to embrace a life of more, ready to unapologetically go for your biggest dreams in business and life, making more money, have more freedom, letting go of those limiting stories around how family is holding you back. Message me and I'll get back with you. Message me and I'll get back to you with more info on how to make it happen. Thank you for listening and until the next episode. Much love to you, Lydia. <laughs>